This is Space Waffles. This fixation with Kenobi. A Star Wars podcast. Welcome to This Fixation with Kenobi, our final Obi-Wan Kenobi discussion for now until season two, but we're going to talk about that later. So, yes, we are very excited to talk about it. And with me today are Candace. Hello there for the last time. Maggie. Hello there. Norhal. Hello there. Britt. Hello there. And Krista. Hello there. I just realized I didn't introduce oh. myself off the top. I'm Arzu, but if you're listening to this, you probably already knew that. So Who are you? You can also tell I am Lady Ruff. No. <laughs> so, as you can tell, I'm a little bit devastated that it's that's it for Kenobi, at least for now. But what a wild ride. Yes. What a ride. Was. Indeed. I just rewatched the whole thing with my dad over the long weekend. And he told me today before I left to go back to my place. He's like, I'm sad Obi-Wan's over. Oh. He was just like, he's a casual Star Wars fan, but he's like, I want more. <laughs> it was too yes. short. Yeah. Oh, but can you believe what we got though? So good. Yes. So it was that's... beautiful. Yeah. So like overall thoughts on the series. I know like throughout throughout this especially once the series finished and we were still recording these we were all going i love it i love it i love it but like final thoughts on the series as a whole is just loud yelling a reasonable response for obi-wan visceral primal like joy (laughs) because that's how i felt this and every wednesday is empty without it (laughs) yes overall this is was like one of the most consistent star wars things that we've Mm -hmm. gotten since i would say the prequels really consistent i'm not saying quality i'm saying consistent yeah but this was good quality and i would that's the beauty of having one person yeah one director yes yeah like one one writer with a room yeah yeah Yeah. i just reverted back to being an 11 year old yeah like definitely just completely just back to 2005 i was living my best life (laughs) I just remember going into this series having really low expectations, honestly, because I was like, what can they do? You can't retcon anything that happens in the original trilogy. Like, how are they going to have any kind of physical stakes or whatever? And then it paid off and there was a lot more emotional stakes for mm-hmm. our main characters. And I was just really happy with how the whole series turned out. And so mm-hmm. happy that Leia is one of our main characters we talked about mm-hmm. this, I believe, in the last episode, but like we were all we're all still shocked yes. that we got Leia. I don't know about you all, but I thought like when they announced the casting of her and Luke, they were gonna just be like little cameos. We're gonna see like a hollow picture of her and see Luke in the distance or something. Or maybe it was gonna be about Luke and Tatooine. Yeah. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's like Chris that just said that the expectations, of course, we would joke about it, like, oh, we had this and that and flashbacks and whatnot but they had a really good challenge of tying everything without retconning what was coming Mm -hmm. after and i think they did a tremendously good job seriously because everything got connected and like you said it got advanced they fixed things they fixed that obi-wan calls him dark in a way like it's him being like sarcastic because in A New Hope, after you find out, like, Dark Sidious and Dark Maul, like, that's just, like, saying, like, that's It's a title. title. It's not the name. It's a title. But having Obi-Wan say that at the end of this episode gives a little, 
Like, okay, he's just being like, he's being mad. He's being like dark. Like my friend is already there. Like, oh. but I oh. like that it wasn't fixing it. Like they think it was a problem that needed fixing. I like that they fix it and that they enhance it. They give it yeah. more. They give it more context. And I know that's what you were saying, Candace, but I just really appreciate that they didn't try to overwrite anything. They were yeah, just they don't taking, change anything. Yeah, they're taking no. like what exists and they're just giving it more context. Just like changing that Leia knows Obi-Wan is also Ben Kenobi too. Because mm-hmm. at the end of this episode, she says Obi-Wan. So we know yeah. she knows both names. It makes sense that she recognizes his name when Luke rescues her. Yeah, so, Ben yeah. Kenobi. Yeah. As we dive into characters, then why don't we start there? Why don't we start with Leia and Obi Wan? Because this is the end of their journey. This is also barring some kind of adventure we haven't had yet. As of right now, the last time they will ever see each other. <laughs> no, they will see each no. other in a New Hope, like, in a distance. The, room. the last time across they speak the room. to each other. Oh yeah, before yeah. he dies, Candace. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Candace. It's the last like- time they hug. Yeah. Yes. There we the go. last time they speak, the last time they like they're face they to laugh face together. Yeah. So this is it, as far as we know right now. So yeah, let's start. The with last that. time she makes Obi Wan laugh. Yeah, because man's not gonna first, laugh again. That, that laugh was the first cleared. time our man has laughed in ten years. Yeah, that laugh cleared my skin, warmed my heart. Oh my god, it was beautiful. Watered our crops. Yeah. All of yes. that. And. There's just so many good moments between them in this episode. Starting with when she gives him Lola. She gives him her little... That made me cry. I know. Like, she what says that it helps her to give up. Yeah, it helps the kids. It's like, oh, it distracts them. It makes them braver or something like that. And then, like, he's looking through his thing. And she slipped it in. Our girl is sneaky. I love but her. I know. Oh, he, she sneaks it in because she's like, oh, it helps them feel better. He's like, maybe I should borrow it. Like yeah yeah like yeah okay (laughs) and she's like are you dropping hints this is the hint you need it (laughs) yeah i love that lola is like a little mixture of like r2 and r4 in a way as well like with the red Mm -hmm. coloring and then like r2's like kind of face and stuff so i don't know there's just this really cute (laughs) amalgamish yeah i saw the cutest tweet about like how like R2 and Lola must have like a really fun conversation when she gets back telling him everything that's happened. It's like, by the way, I met Obi-Wan Kenobi. Just excited beeps. I feel like R2 would have some choice words there. He'd be like, oh, that man. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, he doesn't seem to care about droids. He was like wanting me, wanted Anakin to abandon me a couple times. Remember how he did a lot of loose wire jokes. (laughs) <laughs> yeah but Lola can fit in a robe like she's a lot more compact and easy to carry around of so it's more convenient yeah I just I still just love the fact that like Leia got a literal like Disney sidekick like she's mm-hmm. a like an actual like embodiment of a Disney princess with a little mouse droid following her around yes yes hey again like how that enhances like she has this connection with Lola she was like even connected to like Ned B, she's like, what if he wants to talk? That just shows again why she trusted R2. I know she was desperate in a new yes. home, but she put like the whole galaxy in the hands of this tiny, like little R2 unit. And yes. again, just her connection with droids. And it's interesting, like at the very end of this, Obi Wan returns a droid to her, and that's his whole mission in a new home. I just love that she runs past him for the droid. Like, for the droid first. Oh yeah, she's like Lola. 
Like that's fair. Lola. That's fair. I'm mean, like, oh, yeah. Obi-Wan, oh Lola. She cares more about And you droid, can tell but... you can tell by Bale and Brea's faces that they're like, oh, she's gonna see Obi-Wan, she's gonna be so excited, and she's like, Lola, and they're like, okay, sure. <laughs> yeah, she's a child. Can, it's such a child we... thing though. Honestly. I know. But can we talk about before he goes to fight Vader when he gives her the blaster holder? <laughs> Like, hey, we're sleeping. It's empty. I'm not gonna give oh. you a blaster. You're ten years old, <laughs> but you're not gonna be always ten years old. So that was, and it's poetry because he gave him, he gave her the holder, and what's the name of the blaster that Leia has? Satin oh, Slamet. Yes, it's poetry. She has but a blaster he... named after Satine. I wonder if no Obi Wan doesn't know. Doesn't know somewhere in the coincidence other world of the Force he finds out. What is up with people naming weapons after the non-violent <laughs> touches? I know it's like <laughs> people consistently miss the point. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love how her reaction is so real when he's like, "I'm gonna go face him on my own." She had just lost Tala. Like Norhal, like said, that's probably her first big loss. And then Obi-Wan, who's been with her this entire time, is like, Haja, watch her. I watch love her. Haja in that scene, too. He's like, I talked to her. You're welcome. I just love the point where he's like, she needs space. Yeah. Like, he just, like, like stops I in find. Front. Like, how many times have you pissed this kid off is what I want to know. I thought it was really interesting that Roken, like, called Obi-Wan Kenobi out and was like, wait, you're not actually doing this, like, for mm-hmm. us. You're doing this for you. Yeah. yeah which, which, yeah, is not, I guess it's a good opportunity to talk about the path as a whole and, like, Roken and Haja. But, yeah, do we think the call-out was warranted? Him calling him. Yeah. That I don't know if it was. I think maybe he didn't understand to the extent of what Vader, the relationship yeah. between him and Vader. Yeah. Like how obsessed Vader is with Obi-Wan. So I understand why he called him out because he thought he was just being like Tala and being like, hero. Wished, peace out, kind mm-hmm. of thing. And, and I like, also think well, it. I, I hear music. Does I feel like hear it, it sounds like feedback a little bit. It's not Krista. It was not normal. Not you. Britt, can you mute for a second? Oh, it went away. Britt, check your settings with the audio just to make sure the right thing's connected. We go to audio. Sometimes that happens with StreamYard. It will change things. and Maybe there's feedback or something. I don't know why. Did everybody else hear it before, too? I'm hearing it now that Britt's... I'm hearing it. I'm still hearing... You know what it might be? It might be me. Because there's a train track behind the house, and now it's rush hour, so that's what it might be. Yeah, it doesn't sound like I'm music. Sorry, it sounds it like like a hum. ambient noise. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So I will mute when I'm not talking because I'm right across from the train track. Okay, that was me. It's not I too. It's not too big. Don't worry. Okay. Yeah. Jeez, blaming Brent. Sorry, I threw everybody. It's off fine. It's fine. No it's so fine. I, I do wonder if like. It was good for Roken to say that to Obi-Wan, just so Obi-Wan, because like Obi-Wan obviously does want to save the refugees. Like he has good intentions at heart, but like maybe that did let him know like part of it is like, I need to face down Vader. Like I need closure. 
So I wonder if that kind of helped him be maybe a little more self-aware. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, that was essentially what I was going to say as well. Like, it felt like the kind of thing that you need to hear before you go into battle. Like, yeah. Oh, also going back to Leia and Obi-Wan, he promises her he'll come back. And it feels like, oh, don't lie to a child, please. I know he's going to be fine, but at the same time. He doesn't know that. He doesn't know that. This is fantastic because we know that Obi-Wan is going to show up in a new hope. But the characters are not aware of that. You can feel the sense of, hey, come back. You promise. Leia's had to watch too many people shows about walk away and not know if they're going to come back or not. I know. So many losses. So many losses, like she said in The Last Jedi. Do you think he said that because that's the only way he knew to let him go? Yeah, 100%. Yeah, just lying to... These Jedi lying to children. Sometimes you have to. It's like what we were saying before. If, like, the other Jedi Master is going, I'm right behind you. If they're Mm -hmm. not... If they don't say that, the kid's going to worry. If he says, Leia, it's fine. Live your life knowing I died a hero's death or some less melodramatic version of that. I'm not going to let him go. Yeah. She can take him out at the knees so he can't move. Like, <laughs> yeah, that girl will. She would. Like, she yeah. would, she'll get a blaster. She'll stop him. But, like, yeah. she's like, I got something for my holster now. <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, I think it's, I think it's what she needed to hear, whether or not he knew mm-hmm. it was true. But I guess it doesn't surprise me that they have them say goodbye at the end of the show properly. But even if they hadn't, I think him telling her, I'll come back and then him coming back is him coming to help her on the Death yeah. Star still would have been narratively satisfying. Like what we got is better. And I'm not mm-hmm. saying I wish we'd gotten that yes. instead. But it's nice that they left it open enough that the tag at the end with the two of them was still something of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. She still needed to know he was still alive and so did Bale. Mm-hmm. Because obviously... It could have just been a phone call with Bale. Yeah. Like, could have just been end. like a Zoom call. A hologram. Could have been a meeting. A Zoom call. This could have been Zoom an email. Call. I think it was important <laughs> for him to come back, though, because, like, like him actually going out into the galaxy and, like, not just staying on Tatooine mm. was, like, a part of his character growth throughout the whole story. So him just, like, literally just going to visit her and be like, I'm okay. I'm fine. If you need me, you know where I am. Like, yeah. I, I think that was important for both him and her. Oh, also, I absolutely agree. That was yeah. the best possible way to wrap that up. And he had to deliver oh, yeah. Lola. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And also, it built up through the story. We saw Leia having these questions like, do you know my real mother? And I wish I knew my father. And of course, she was not going to tell her who they were. But he I almost mentioned... punched Arzu. <laughs> he yeah. did almost punch me. <laughs> I know. Sorry. Okay. I was like, I literally, I was like, I started hitting her because I was like, oh my god, oh my god. He's saying the thing. He says so He's many of the, the things. Thing. Yeah, but it was beautiful because at that kind of comforted that need of her to know about her birth parents. But at the same time, it was beautiful to see Leia looking. Oh, it's okay. Yeah, and looking towards Bale and Brea, like, yeah, they are my parents. So that, that was it's beautiful as well. seemed to be enough for her just to know yes. where she came from, that she still had some of those connection to her birth parents. But then when she looks over at her real parents, she's like, no, I'm good. Like, so it was just like enough for her to move on. Yes. I think and it- all she really, all she really needed, I think the whole time 
like asking Obi-Wan if he's her father, like all of that. I think all she needed to know was that her birth parents were like good people. Yeah. yeah. That was probably enough information because the not knowing of it all is the worst part. So he was like, you got all these qualities from your parents. And I'm sorry, I can't tell you more. She's like, it's okay. Like, I got you thought I highly of them. I think highly of you. That's enough for me. And can we just contrast, like, how Obi-Wan greets Bale from the first episode until this episode? He goes up and hugs him. Before, mm. he was almost scared of him. He was staying from a distance. Not because he was scared of Bale, but because of, like, the past he represented and yeah. all these the emotions embodiment and of feelings. his guilt and stuff. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. The reminder of the Republic. And he just goes straight forward and hugs that man. I was like, good, Obi-Wan. You're hugging people. You need it brought me so much joy. Best friends forever. So I love yeah, that. BFF. Okay. Yeah, and and just before we move on, when before they say goodbye, Obi Wan and Leia, what he tells her about, like, yeah, we must be careful. No one must know. So it can you can understand why she's so formal when General Kenobi years ago you she addresses him as Obi Wan Kenobi, like not using the name that he knows. Hey, Obi-Wan, you remember me? You rescued yeah, me when I was 10 years old. Come on. But it's not, not gonna... even that. It's the General <laughs> Kenobi. Here's the information. We yes. haven't spoken in 10 years, like a very formal greeting. And then help me, Obi-Wan Kenobi. It's like, okay, you got what you needed? You have your context? Yeah. I need Thank you. you. Mm-hmm. Yes. So. The recontextualization of that scene is just so good now. It just makes it better, just like how Rogue One makes a new hope better too and stronger. Mm-hmm. We're just getting more and more, and a new hope is just like, I'm kicking your butt, Empire. Yes. Because I'm like fighting for my favorite Star Wars <laughs> right now. <laughs> In that regard, so that's what I mean when I say hey, that. It's, it was always like a classic film, but I just think that like the choices they made, like as far as like giving more information towards that film has just it's gonna make its legacy last so much longer because i think a lot of people look at that first star wars film as it's an old film it's slow it's it like for some people it's gonna be really hard to sit through because it is from a different generation it's from 1977 and like that those films that if you're not used to them they are hard to sit through when you're all you're used to is blockbusters so by giving like a more modern like narrative tissue to that film they're just gonna have an even longer legacy than star wars has already had yeah like a new hope is pretty low on like my personal ranking of star wars films just because it's if it's on tnt that's how i always rank things if it's on t as a rerun will i stop and watch it and if it's a new hope, I usually skip it, but it was on here recently and I rewatched it because of Kenobi and wanting to see how that affected me differently now. And it's there. There's so much connectivity between the new stuff we're getting and that movie that just makes it so much better. I had yeah, the same I mean... experience right after the premiere. So I'd only seen the first two episodes and I was channel surfing and a new hope was playing on TBS. So I stopped and I let it play and it hits so different and that was just after two episodes i hadn't even seen the full six yet yeah yeah a new hope i'm just really surprised because i saw it pretty young and i got hooked instantly but that's just because that first scene with leia and vader which hits again so differently now that we know yes she knows that he knows she does have the plans like 
there isn't any like, oh, how does he know? Is he sure? No, he's sure because he just saw them hand it off. But also we know that she knows how scary this guy is now. Like, yes. Obi-Wan was like, bye, I'm going to go face this guy. She knows the level of uh, power Vader has. But yeah, it changes everything. It changes everything and it doesn't in the same way. It improves it. Improves it. It just improves yeah. it. Yeah. Okay. And yeah, I was like you. I grew up watching A New Hope. I like my, it was one of my mom's favorite movies to always watch whenever it was on TV. So like I grew up with a strong appreciation for it. And like, according to her, I was the one who begged to go see Phantom Menace in theaters, but I was only five at the time. So I don't remember. But so like that film has always meant something to me, but like for anybody who's trying to like watch Star Wars for the first time, I just think that everything that's been added to it is just going to give you so much more love and appreciation for this like literal iconic like legend of a film that started this just incredible franchise like yeah like the scenes once r2 and c3po are down in the desert on tatooine that's long and i'm surprised like as a kid i sat through that and i was like okay i'm in for it but like kids nowadays sounding like a boomer right now with their tiktok (laughs) and everything (laughs) like how can they handle that but yeah but if they know, oh, that's where Obi-Wan Kenobi lives, kind of thing. That's where Luke lives. Yes. That's all yeah. like. I always just live for the trash compactor scene. Like, that's the scene <laughs> I remember watching as, like, a toddler and loving. It was just, like, them getting down and dirty in the trash compactor. And Leia yeah. being, like, get into the garbage chute. <laughs> yeah. When she takes charge, I just, and I love that. She t- calls Chewie the walking Somebody has carpet. to save our skins. Oh, my God. We got this complaint on our YouTube because people like have just been wanting to complain about Kenobi. Oh lord. Whenever they see anything Kenobi and they're like it's like they copied and pasted Leia from the original trilogy into a child. And I'm like that's the point. Yes. <laughs> it's the same okay. person. It's same, the same person. Character. That's such a weird thing to complain about. I know. How can we be the same person? I, I, especially because it's the same. I guarantee you it's the same people who would be like, this character is too different. They would never act like that. I'm like, so weird. What is yeah, the I sent it to Arzu. I'm like, am I having, am, am I reading this right? I know. It's just like, she is Leia so much. I know. And her sassiness, the way she deals with trauma, mm-hmm. the way she just like holds it down. And it's like, I'm a princess of Alderaan. What you gonna do? <laughs> exactly. I, yeah. I just, as you guys said, like last week with your episode and everything, I just love so much that this was about Leia. Like, like it was Leia and Obi-Wan, obviously, and it definitely is like Obi-Wan's story, but I'm just so happy it was Leia. I will argue the whole Skywalker saga, Leia is like the main character, at least in my mind. She is... She's honestly the most like Anakin and Padme together. Because I feel like Luke is mostly Padme. Also because we see Bale so prominently, her father, in the prequels too. So that's why I'm like, this is Leia's series. (laughs) Sorry, Luke. There we go. I think it was one of the best choices that they could have done to get. What uh, else would have gotten him off the planet? Sorry, I thought you cut out. What else would have gotten Obi-Wan off the planet? Other than Leia. If they had taken Luke. 
but True. we know that didn't happen with Luke because he's never yeah, been anywhere. he was a farm boy. Deal, but yeah, like it's super important that he keeps that naivete. And I was like, he's literally got a lady with a lightsaber chasing him. Like, how is this going to? How is he going to remain ignorant of all this and like Our he gets knocked up before smart. he sees anything? Yeah. <laughs> Can we talk about Owen and Beru and Luke? Let's talk Owen and Beru. Yes. Oh yes. Yes, the indication for Uncle Owen and Aunt Beru. I like that. Yeah, I, like I am the, like an um, Owen stand now. <laughs> I like the new thought that like when we see their bodies outside the house, they're like there's a hundred percent like ten stormtrooper bodies inside the house that these two took out on their own <laughs> before they finally caught yes. them by the front door. Like all they could do was set the place on fire because they could not catch them you get i like was realizing like why i was actually nervous during that scene when reva shows up and is you know fighting all of them because i'm like i know none of them die they're gonna be fine for at least a while so i'm no. like why am i nervous like why is there this tension i realized it's, oh it's not that they're gonna die it's that is reva gonna go through with it because that's really gonna determine who she is at the end yeah, but it, that tells you the quality of this show that even if we know what's going to happen, uh, yeah, you feel the tension. You feel how the how Owen and Beru are like, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna defend Luke, and what Owen says, he is my own. Oh my god, yeah. felt. And she like, says you're fighting for him like he's your own. Yes. So I know in a previous episode, you guys talked about, like, does Reeve actually know that these are Vader's children or does she just know that they're important to Obi-Wan Kenobi? And I feel like with these lines, it definitely made me feel like she does know. Because, like, otherwise, why would she be like, oh, you're fighting for him like he's your own? Like, that felt like a weird comment. I think she knows that he's his uncle. Like, he's the uncle, not the father. And he knows that it's like a force-sensitive child. So he was placed there. That's info she could have gotten in town. Like, yeah, like yeah. not the forces before he lives with his uncle. Like, yeah, because everybody in town knows that Luke isn't Owen and Bruce's son. They know he's their nephew. Yeah, so that could have been. It's ambiguous, but I feel like that's where she's coming from. I think the question then becomes: Do like the people in town know that his last name is Skywalker? And like, does yeah. he go by Luke Skywalker? Because like. Obviously, in A New Hope, he, he does, but, like, in the town, do people address him as Luke Skywalker? Or do they say, like, Luke Lars? If they want to keep him safe, Luke Lars makes more sense. Because yeah. Yeah. everybody knows, like, everybody knows who Anakin Skywalker is, th- even if they don't. I think his... I think his friends call him Skywalker, though. Cammy yeah. and what's-his-face, they know him as Skywalker. Yes. Could that be something that came up when he was a teenager? Like, when he was little and they weren't sure, he went by Luke Lars, and then when he got older, it's like, you're adopted, your name is Luke Skywalker. Like, that was the name you were born with. Like, maybe, because they know he's not going to run his mouth now. Skywalker is not that uncommon of a last name. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, like, remember, Jimmy lived with them for, like, eight years right his grandmother right shmi shmi yeah. i didn't yeah. hear you i didn't hear your name i'm like who's living i said shmi um, lived with i mean they so like true. yeah we honestly don't know they could have been like yeah one of shmi's like siblings or something died and this is their nephew or whatever we've taken them in yeah yeah i hadn't considered that okay i'll take it back no luke lars <laughs> thank goodness that's that would be a hard name <laughs> Yeah, you get teased at school. 
Can you imagine if they were like, oh, we, we were going to change his name to Lars, but it just sounds stupid. So I guess he'll just be Skywalker because we can't change like Padme's dying wish to be named Luke. <laughs> no. But just seeing, again, this changes the scene in A New Hope where Owen's like, you need to stay on the farm, blah, blah, blah. Which it made sense when he, you find out like Luke's trying to apply for the Imperial Academy. <laughs> and you know. Yes. But Baru is willing to let him go. Because yeah, that's what. It's not even. But the thing is, like, they do so much work in the books where, like, they show that this is, like, not ideal because it's the Empire. But for so many kids, it's their only way out. Yeah. Yes. Because they like will bigs. pay for your. Like, bigs. Like, bigs. Like Thane and Sienna and Lost Stars, like it is their mm-hmm. only way to get educated. It's their only way to make a like a decent salary. It's their only way to see something other than where they live. So for a lot of kids, the Empire is their best option. Yeah. And since Obi-Wan didn't care to share with them that Darth Vader was actually his father, that might change their mind. <laughs> yeah. Might yeah, and also helpful. they don't know that Anakin is alive. Because they think he's no. dead, just like mm-hmm. dead. Obi-Wan did. Unless Obi-Wan had a conversation with him be like by the way i found out he's not dead and he's mad yeah he's out for blood it's fine look yeah it's fine look i understand his his wrath i understand his anger i get it i I get it (laughs) i know they were hiding they were hiding him from papal they were hiding the kids from papatine if they because they thought anakin was dead so Yeah. yeah i guess they figured Palpatine's not going to look at every single Skywalker. <laughs> I think Palpatine's really lazy. He's lazy. He's too busy He's too busy cloning himself or whatever. To look oh, yeah. for kids. Whatever he's doing in there. <laughs> whatever he's doing. Oh, gosh. Figuring yep. out how to become a zombie. Nah, he yeah. should have just like, yeah, he should have just set up a Google alert for any applications <laughs> for the Skywalker. Yeah. <laughs> Or when all of a sudden this kid becomes an ace pilot and like moves yeah, really. through the ranks super quickly. And he's like, oh, what's his name? Oh, that's interesting. Uh, his follow. name is what? Yeah, Does what that happen to the Legos? The Halloween thing. Yeah. All right. Final Brew thoughts. is a badass. I love her. Brew is a badass. Agreed. Yeah, she's Brew. awesome. Brew. 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 Wait, what is it? Prepare woman. Wait, Brew crew? Baru crew. Okay. Baru crew. Yeah, part of the Baru crew forever, always. Baru crew, but also like Loki, like looking at Uncle Owen in ways I wasn't looking at Uncle Owen before. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> it's inappropriate. This is a development, took- but here we are. <laughs> it took a full 30 minutes for someone to make a thirsty comment. I know. But I know. We have thing. been behaving. Well, Come back. on. I know. I'm proud of you. We've guys. been so good. <laughs> no, I'm proud. This is great. <laughs> I could talk about Hayden Christensen all day long, but I'm like, oh, I'm trying to keep myself yeah. on. Like, I mean, we haven't, we haven't even talked. We haven't even talked about the crack. Fight. Well, I'm building up to the rematch of the century. Yes. So with that, let's talk rematch of the century. Obi-Wan versus Woo. Darth Vader. The fight I didn't think they could pull off and somehow became one of my favorite fights in Star Wars. Like, I didn't think they could pull it off prior to seeing any of the series. Once I'd started mm-hmm. watching it, I'm like, okay, we're fine. But when they're like, they're going to meet <laughs> up again, I'm like, it's going to be very loud and not make any sense. But no, that's not, that's not at I all really like that they had a confrontation in episode three. Mm-hmm. So we had like yeah. that moment at least before. So it's not just like, 
Obi-Wan seeing him for the first time and like engaging with him. So we had this time in between. It was the process. Yes. It helps build it up, I feel. Exactly. It did because it had time for Obi-Wan to become stronger and like come to grips with some things. So I think if it had just been that one in episode three, I think I would have maybe not been completely satisfied, even though like it made sense that Obi-Wan was crap in that first fight. But then, like, to come back and have this fight, and then just the emotional, oh my god, Feel just that. the emotions in this second one. <laughs> you don't usually like fight scenes, but you I enjoyed don't. this one? I, I actually liked all the fight scenes in this series, because they, first of all, were not super long, which is important. And second of all, because they mean something to the people involved, they're not having a fight for the sake of having a fight. No offense to the Empire Strikes Back, but Hoth feels like that to me. It feels like a set piece for the sake of having a fight. Whereas, like, Vader and Luke's fight at the end, like the I am your father thing, I am your father aside, there are emotional and personal stakes for both of them, which is why I like that fight. You know what I mean? I have a question for everyone, because I've been thinking about this after watching this back to back. (laughs) Is in episode three, he's like, Vader says, I am what you made me. But in this episode, he says, I'm not your failure. I killed Anakin. So is Vader like changing his mind? Is he like coming to this realization? Oh, go for it. I have thoughts. I have thoughts. Cool. Go ahead. Go ahead. (laughs) So when he's like, what have you become? I am what you made me versus I killed Anakin Skywalker. I don't think those are contradictory statements. I think one builds into the other. He's like the monster that killed Anakin Skywalker in air quotes is a product of what you and the Jedi did to me. But the guy in the suit, you put me in the suit, right? Like you not even going that far because he was Vader before he put the suit on. Right. Yeah. So, but it was Obi-Wan that put him in the suit. Obi-Wan himself put him in the suit, but Obi-Wan's like 13 years of training in Anakin slash Vader's grief stricken mind he is responsible for Anakin having to hide his marriage, Anakin having to go to that extent ah. to save Padme, Anakin going to the dark side and becoming Palpatine's apprentice at all. So he's like, you made me this way. And because I am this way, I killed Anakin Skywalker. Like, also, that's how I took it too. He also doesn't that. see himself as a failure. That's mm-hmm. why he tells Obi-Wan, I'm not your failure. No. Yeah, he's like, you didn't, he's like, you didn't fail me and somehow make me like and somehow kill Anakin. I killed Anakin. But I'm what you made me. I'm you're why I'm like this. Yeah, I felt it was like it reminds me at some point the exchange when like you said it's not the same that they just saw each other for the first time after 10 years. At this point when he is like, yeah, I, I you didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. But sometimes when you face it, it reminds me of Vader and Ahsoka when he's like, revenge is not a Jedi. Wait, we know that Anakin said that on the Clone Wars. And then what she, Ahsoka reminds, I'm no Jedi. Like those kind of things you say, like out of the spur, at the heat of the moment. But at, if you analyze, is like you said, it's not like they contradict it, both statements. It's from a certain point of view it makes sense and that they're connect each other it's not even just a thought i just had i am what you made me is not necessarily a negative statement no the only yeah. one who's upset in that moment is obi-wan where mm-hmm. he's like what have you become like he's horrified vader's just like well, 
it's a neutral statement. He's like, I am what you made me. I feel like there's an element of goading as well in both of those like statements, especially mm-hmm. the like, you didn't kill Anakin, I killed Anakin. Like that, I feel like is meant to provoke Obi-Wan in some way. Like he's trying to get under his mm-hmm. skin. Like you can't even grieve for me because you're not the one who killed me. I killed me. Like that, like getting in, because it's like that Obi-Wan's like, Anakin and Obi-Wan are like connected in the sense that I'm sure he can feel the grief that is like rolling off of Obi-Wan and like that guilt that he feels for like quote unquote killing Anakin. And I don't think like Anakin, Darth Vader at this point even wants him to have that much satisfaction. Like you didn't kill me. Yeah. That was my own doing. And that's how I read it to some extent. Yeah. And Ewan McGregor's performance in the scene where like his voice is like breaking where he's like, I'm sorry. And he's like crying and your soul is crying with him. <laughs> like he's or so broken hearted. It was like just such a beautiful scene. And then on the flip His side, eyes. you have, I really love the choice to not only have like the mask cracked down the side. So you actually see Hayden Christensen, you actually see Anakin, but then the voice keeps going back and forth between Anakin's voice and oh, Darth so Vader's good. voice. And I thought that was so, Unwell. so perfect. That was so oh, in the light poetry. Too. Yeah. <laughs> like the blue light versus the red light on his face. Yes. Kind of like where he's at mentally. Yeah. Also, the, the fact his, that like, it was the other. Oh, oh, sorry. No, like it's just the way his eyes changed to the color and stuff. Like yeah. there was almost like the yellow to the blue and uh, the like tear, the silent tear going down his cheek yeah. and stuff. The little yeah. hole at his lips Classic when he like, I killed him. And he just Classic. like smirks a little bit. Oh, that smirk. That smirk. I could write sonnets about that smirk. Please do. I never <laughs> passed this. It was, at this. Oh, go ahead. It was definitely a choice. Like they chose like the other half of his helmet to destroy when in Rebels. The other half. It was very like, I was like, just kisses for that. Like you guys like planned there's all these like people complaining like they never saw any of the star wars before they wrote it all these stupid rumors like always comes out beforehand because they have to write something for clicks (laughs) and you're like these people watch rebels but uh, exactly they know what they're doing and it's poetry because both his master his former master and his padawan who were two of the closest people to anakin tried to reach in some way but they couldn't but the only one who could at in in return of the jedi and actually it wasn't anakin himself asked him to take off the mask because luke represented the love that he felt for padme so that was ah, poetry basically star wars wrecks our feelings and we love it very much Also, somebody had this really great comment. I can't find it. I should have found it beforehand. But, oh, okay. So Ahsoka uncovers the right side of his face, the right hemisphere, which, and then, like, is about nonverbal communication, emotion, empathy. Obi-Wan broke, like, the logical, critical thinking side. I don't know if that means anything. Symbolism. (laughs) Anakin wasn't always very logical, though. But Obi-Wan was the more logical of the three of them. Yeah. He's breaking his helmet, like, be logical, damn it. I I really liked the, I think it was somebody on Twitter or maybe on TikTok that made the point about, like, they both broke different sides of his mask, but only Luke was able to take it off. That was me. Yeah. Yeah. That was you. Okay. I was like, I know somebody, I was like, somebody's too famous. It's got half a million views. (laughs) 
Spiral, yes. Y'all, we're YouTubers I, That's now. my favorite. That's my favorite one, because I think that's the one that makes the most sense to me. That, like, mm-hmm. that's the symbolism that they were going for. Like, yeah. backwards symbolism, because obviously, like, the helmet coming off all the way has already happened. That happened a long time ago. Thank you, George Lucas. But they took that, and they built on and it. And built on it. Yeah. And also, and we I got more it. Hayden, which I was like, again... Before mm-hmm. part five, I was so nervous. I'm like, are we really going to see this man in back to take? Yeah. They really, it was, it was they fed cool. us. They fed they us did. good. Yeah. They did great. They gave us a When, when he asks, are you ready? And I was like, no, I'm not. No, never. <laughs> I cried. <laughs> okay. So I watched okay, that part so yesterday he... with my dad. And he's like, that looks like Anakin. I was like, oh. <laughs> I was waiting for him. And he's like, that is Anakin. <laughs> Like, I know this isn't Waffles After Dark, but that Anakin can still get it. I'm sorry. The oh, yeah. smirk alone, like, just knowing. I'm like, that works. That's good. I can, I can close my eyes okay. and think of you Coruscant. It's fine. You can say that here. Yeah, it's cool. It's okay. You can't use that. The, the moment that, like, Hayden's voice, like, came through when the mask cracked and everything, like, I don't know if it was as loud as it was to me, but, like, Arzu <laughs> would have to confirm this. But I, like, literally, like, gasped out loud. And this man was sitting, like, five rows behind us in the theater. And I was like, <laughs> I just like, had to suppress a scream because you hit me. And I forgot that you were going to hit me. And I was so in the moment. I'm like, oh my God, no, it's just Brit. It's just Brit. But like, something suddenly landed on my thigh. And Hayden Christensen was in the same theater. Just, it was none of y'all know. Wow. Who are listening, just for the record. Yeah. Wow. It was I like how pretty he was over big... there. Like anybody listening can see what I'm doing. I um, was like, I was watching it for the first time and he was behind me. And I was just like, oh my God. The entire time. Yeah. But yeah, he could hear your gasps. I like it felt very loud to me. I was like, oh, okay, they went there. Especially when he was like, like that whole like, you killed Anakin. You didn't kill Anakin Skywalker. I did. I was like, <gasps> and that's oh a great God. line because we... yet again it fixes like, oh, I guess Kenobi wasn't lying to Luke later because that's literally what his dad said. Yeah, and he's more that machine was... than man, and also the scar. The that he had on the top of his head. Now we know how he got it. But can we talk about the moment when Vader puts Obi-Wan on the rocks? Yes. Yes. Let me tell you. I thought this man was like a goner because I was like so like entranced in what we were watching. I wasn't even thinking like we know he's fine. But I was like, oh my God, they can't do this to him. I and that's just like him. that's what killed me when people were like oh my god there's no stakes and i'm like if you stop thinking there are actually stakes and you can actually like enjoy a show stakes. i promise you we all enjoyed the prequel most of us enjoy the prequels without knowing was what was gonna happen really surprised that like vader walked away i'm like don't you want to check to make sure he's actually dead remember when he did this to you and you survived do you want to gloat over his dead body or put him in amber and like one of those little cases so you can like admire him every day like, That's I, why he kicks the robe in A New Hope. He's like, I didn't check last time, but I'm checking this time. <laughs> yeah, I think Chrissy, you texted me about this, and I'm like, he's like doing the super villain, like James Bond thing, where he's like, bye. Well, Vader isn't smart. <laughs> this is still Anakin Skywalker, who definitely thought that nobody knew that he was married to Padme, or at least doing things with Padme. Like, this man. So funny. Like, oh, uh, I'm still thinking about that Clone Wars episode where. 
Obi-Wan's like, at least, did you at least say hello to Padme for me? And Anakin's just like, side-eye, like, like, Anakin and Rex is like, like, what? Everybody knows Anakin. So yeah, no, he's not smart enough to check for a pulse. Yeah, that's one of the reasons. Oh, go ahead. Oh, that's one of the reasons I think, like, he didn't tell Leia Padme's name. I know a lot of people are like, why aren't they saying her name? Why aren't they telling Leia this? I'm like, because if she she knows he's, her mother's Padme. She just got to ask a few people mm-hmm. and be like, who was hanging around my mom? And be like, it was he's like, oh yeah, this annoying Jedi kid like, would not leave her alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Constantly were- waiting outside of her apartments. Like, I think he like threw some guy off a building. Rest in peace, is Clovis. She's like, wait, is Clovis my father? And like, no. <laughs> Anakin's gonna oh, bring him God. back just to throw him off the building again. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I needed all the crumbs for Padme. I was literally yeah. there, like, for all of the crumbs of Padme. Yeah. I was like, where's she? Where's my queen? Where's my it's queen? what they could give us the, yeah. and give Leia without, yeah. like, it breaking what happens in yeah. the original trilogy after what happened in the prequels. I'm fine Can now. I say when when Vader hit when Obi Wan made Vader hit the boulder went flying? My dog started barking, and I was like, "Are you a Sith?" He's a dark bucky. Yeah. Or maybe he was cheering on that Vader got like crashed or something. I just couldn't believe that for the second time in two and a half years, I have to watch a Ben I care about get yeeted into a pit by a Sith. Yes. (laughs) I'm making that music video. If I I had a nickel for every time that happened, you would have have two nickels, and it's weird (laughs) that it happened twice. And both in the same franchise. Yeah. It's, it's right. poetry, it right? To to I feel like that's a record for you. I know that's a whole sign that Ben Solo is gonna come back. I did. did I was thinking about him earlier, but I didn't bring him. Were up. You, were you guys scared? Like he was gonna say, "I have the higher ground now," or something like that? I would have thrown my TV out the window. <laughs> I, no, I, like, I would have thrown my TV. Yeah, out the I guess if it was JJ Abrams, yeah, it would have happened. But <laughs> thanks God, it, it was would never have happened. JJ hated the prequels too much. That's true. So oh, when yeah, I was but, watching, yeah. my husband said that exact thing because he he saw just the scene where he's in the pit and Vader's up there and he's like, oh, is he going to say that? Like, we're all thinking it. I, he well, doesn't have say, to say, say it. I think, like, I will do what I must was, like, enough. It was enough. Yeah. It because was it the makes line. sense for him to say that. Yeah. It was the like, line. Not... They crossed it. It was fine. If Vader had said, now I have the high ground, it'd be like Anakin... You're a Sith Lord. You cannot tell me you had 10 years to think of a comeback. No, and that's I'm all podcast. You oh, okay, that reminds me. Can you imagine for the past decade, Vader, Anakin Skywalker, and his back to take just going through lines? Because he's like, when I find Kenobi, I'm going to tell him, you made me this way. Which is like practicing in the mirror. Vader kid, Anakin Skywalker <gasps> reciting his lines in the mirror. Oh, yeah. So 1,000% because it took me like a decade to forgive Obi-Wan for his terrible timing in Revenge of the <laughs> but I just I like I'm on the Anakin and Padme are like my reason to breathe. So like I just that that whole his timing through me. I know, and it has. But if we have to mention something is when he's under those rocks and he's hearing all this uh, Anakin in his, and then he has these flashbacks of the kids, and it's such a poetic mm-hmm. thing to think that. The first 
when how we met Obi Wan in the original trilogy is like by mention of Leia, like saying he's her only hope, and we see that in this way, the way he be, like Luke and Leia become the new hope of, of Obi Wan to go over those rocks and get back and fight Vader again. As Huey Lewis says, it's the power of love, yes. and I love. That this is actually love is the Jedi strength. Yoda, the others were wrong. Attachment and is good, actually. Yeah, attachment yes. is good. That with like the best Jedi, like again, Kanan, Cal, Ahsoka, they all have those attachments and they're stronger for it. Yeah. That's what yeah. always annoyed me as a kid because I'm like, this doesn't seem right. Like, love is. love is so important. And these people clearly care about each other, but then are saying that they don't. And that's what I love about a lot of the new TV shows and content we're getting now is like you're seeing like, no, these attachments are healthy. They are motivating. They are like yes. making people better. Which, which I think is really important because I, I feel unfortunately a lot of people's takeaways from the prequels was, yeah, the Jedi are right. Attachment was bad. Like that's they were wrong. They lost for a reason. And like Luke's mm -hmm. temple in the sequel trilogy falls because he took the wrong lessons from the Jedi. Yeah. And reinforce the lack of attachment thing so the fact yeah. that he within the story was wrong so the people outside the story who are telling it are making a point of showing that like that the characters were wrong and that attachment mm -hmm. is actually not a bad thing yeah the whole thing is if anakin was allowed to have healthy attachments none of this would have happened exactly if he yeah. felt like he could have trust yoda he would have told him about hey i'm having all these visions and dreams of padme dying and like Yoda would be like, let me look into that. It, hell, hmm. If Obi-Wan hadn't been so afraid to be like, so I had a girlfriend, her name was Satine, you met her. So <laughs> kind of have a thing for her. If he hadn't been so afraid to tell Anakin that like earlier, Anakin might've felt more comfortable to come with him, to come to him mm -hmm. about Padme stuff. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they, would have, they would have gotten along. Yeah. Like the whole, the whole situation was so similar. Like they could have all bonded. They could have yeah. like... Yeah, you know, actually, how to get I remember played. I wrote this on Tumblr like years ago. It was like after I watched Clone Wars for the first time. And it's like Satine and Obi-Wan are what the Jedi did, said to do. They played it exactly right. They did the right thing. And mm -hmm. they still had tragedy, just like mm -hmm. Padme and Anakin. It's like there was no win either way. The Jedi are the problem. Yeah. Yes. Get rid yes. of the Jedi and you win. Or is it with society? I know. The Jedi, <laughs> like, as a collective, I don't mean yeah. like the individual. Yeah, yeah. They and this is clearly well. a new thing because, like, the High Republic Jedi are very free and loose looking at you, Eldar man. So. <laughs> That's what she said. Wearing a, a gaze electric shirt. It, Brit, Eldar man has such Anakin Skywalker energy. Yeah. Oh my goodness. It, I, I have you the first it. one. I you have should the read first it. one. You should absolutely read I it. I still haven't read Brotherhood, though. I feel like that's first on the list. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. First Brotherhood. I'm about first to read Padawan. Yeah. Then Padawan. Oh, my dad was like, where's Yoda in all this? I'm like, he's just chilling on day. <laughs> he's with his bro. Yoda's like, Yoda's like, mm, not my monkeys, not my circus. But Yoda, they are <laughs> yeah. your monkeys, and it is your circus. Yeah. I bet he's talking it. to... He's talking to Qui-Gon Jinn and they're like, yeah. oh God, they're like looking at their watch. They're like, when is Kenobi going to like get on this group call? Like it's been 10 years. Like, and then Qui-Gon's like, oh no, I didn't drop yeah. him the link in Slack. 
<laughs> my bad. He didn't have Wi-Fi in that cave. Bye-bye. No. <laughs> I was so happy at the end of the episode that he finally moves out of that stupid cave because he's like, I'm done torturing myself and punishing myself. I can go into a nice house now with indoor plumbing. It just made me really happy. <laughs> He's going to yeah. move to town. He's going to meet a widow named Annaline and they're going to fall in love. Listen, I'm so bitter that Kenobi was such a good book and then they didn't give me my ship. They didn't please. hook up in the book, though. I know. Yeah, but they, it's like, listen, this lady was so ready to rip that shirt off of Obi-Wan. And he's like, but my guilt. So now that his guilt is behind him, they can ready. Like a he came over in the middle of the night and she's like, hey, so I'm a little stressed about life. Oh no, I've fallen into your arms. And Obi-Wan's like, you should go home. And I'm like, bro, <laughs> come on now. Obi-Wan. I can't say I blame her. I too would throw say. myself into that man's arms. I too yeah. would show up and be like, I was just stressed. So I rode halfway across the desert just to be like, I'm stressed. How are you? <laughs> that sounds like a romance. You wanna... Yeah, they should be like, like, romance. Do you want to relieve my stress? Do you want to relieve my stress, everyone? <laughs> Listen, it was a romance novel apart from the ending. It had apart all the any romance. It couldn't have been a bodice ripper. It with like minimal changes. It could have absolutely been a bodice ripper. Now I want to read it. Just like some extensions on a few key scenes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You just extend a few key scenes. You put them together maybe once or twice more. Like in new scenes, maybe cut out some of the politics with the water towers, and like that's it. It's a romance novel. Just okay, going back on topic. It's about no, this is a, it is literally a book about Kenobi, Candace. Okay, we haven't talked about Reva. This is season barely. two. Yeah, we're in. Well, we're in. Just uh, yes, Reva. We talked about her a little bit because we said she knocked out Sid. But yes, point taken. Lives at the end. <laughs> Living redemption, I love that. Or she's on her way to her she's redemption. Yeah, exactly. oh, she's on the path. But she's, I'm, she's I'm on the path. I like that. So happy we did not have to see a black woman die again. Just like after what happened to Tandy Newton in the beginning of Solo. Like, yeah, I'm just oh, that was my thoughts too. When Riva took Jennifer her lightsaber off her belt, and she like leaned forward to put it. I on thought the she ground. was gonna. I thought she was gonna turn it on and like like Hux in episode nine concept art. Where he yeah. like stabs himself in the chest with a lightsaber. Like that's what I thought was going to happen. The but, traditional, isn't yeah, that like a samurai death? Yeah, yeah, samurai death. Samurai. samurai that's what I thought was getting ready to happen too. Yeah. And I was like, no, we were doing so she, good. Wait. But no, she's just in a little pain. So she needed to like oh. tilt too far forward to put her lightsaber Harakiri. Down. Harakiri, that's what it is. But thank God she survives. Like, I like that. Also, just like so lucky to have such a talented actress. Yes. For sure, this yeah, role. So like, just that scene where she's talking with to Obi-Wan. Like, what do I do now? Just yeah, punches me in the gut. Yeah. yeah. Just a lot of physical acting too, because you can tell she's still very hurt from like what happened in the previous episode. Like she's struggling. Like she's especially when she's carrying Luke back. Like you can tell she's really struggling to do this. Yeah. But she's still doing it. Her. And I really like that. It wasn't like, oh, I magically healed. She didn't have time to go into like a back the spa day. So, yeah, no, it was. So she's just got the basics done to be able to move again. Yeah, like just enough to keep going, and then she finally breaks down in front of Obi Wan. It's a m more interesting story if she has a chance to go on and redeem herself. Yes, for what she did when she was an Inquisitor. 
And I hope we get that chance. Like, I sincerely hope that Moses Ingram is about to be booked and busy for the foreseeable future. Yes. She's a fantastic actress. So she doesn't have time to come back. Yes. She's in a movie with Natalie Portman. So, Lady of the Lake. Thank you. I'm like, something to do with water. Could you see Reva popping up in maybe one of the other spinoffs or one of the other shows? Like Ahsoka, even. Yeah. Or like any of those. I am so on the fence about her popping up in Ahsoka. I'm very same. bitter. I'm gonna have to watch Ahsoka because of Hayden Christian. Yeah. Yeah. Same. Oh fudge! I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. I right, just have to There's watch it because it's a one. <laughs> but, I was gonna say Sabine, Hera, Anakin, like probably yeah. Ezra. But I was reading more about Moses and just like her history. Like she went to community college because she couldn't afford mm-hmm. a private university. And then after winning an award, she got into Yale, got scholarships. Awesome. Right yeah. After she She's graduated with her master's, she got the Queen Gambit, got nominated for an Emmy, got into Star Wars. She is freaking insane and amazing. Can I just say that? It brings me tremendous joy to see a Maryland girl in Star Wars. Like when I found out that she was from Baltimore, I found it was like right after we talked to her at Celebration. I was like, damn it, I wish I had known that like going in because like I would have been like, Baltimore, yeah, Maryland represents. Just yell Baltimore at her. Just yell Baltimore and be like, oh my God. Because it's like you hear people like, I don't know, she has a really clear Maryland accent to me and it didn't like fully register. I don't know. But it was like people joke about like, oh, we've got Space Boston. I'm like, where's Space Baltimore? Like, I want more people with this accent because it's like so distinctive for people from Maryland and it just brings me so much joy. But that TV show is filming in Baltimore. (laughs) There you go. Really close to me. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And then the TV show that O'Shea Jackson is in films in Virginia. So like I have three Star Wars people within like close proximity to me right now. It's killing me. Are you telling us you're in a galaxy far away right now? Look, I'm just saying I worked with O'Shea Jackson before he was in Kenobi. So just saying. Just do we think we'll see and tell Natalie Portman I love her. She's not far. She's not far. Do you think it's possible we'll see Roken and Andor? I hope. Uh, that I, would like, be fantastic because he said, I'm just getting started. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love that line. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was such a great line. And the way he delivered it, too. Yeah. I was like, because hey, it, it feels like it's also him being like, this is just me getting started in the Star Wars galaxy. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and I'm, I'm such a huge fan as well. Like, I, I feel like. I love that. Cool. Yeah. He's, he's like, like a huge so fan like, of Star Wars, the actor. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, no. And. That's something that I like from this series as well. All these new characters. Haja in some way. I wouldn't mind to oh, see him Haja. pop up. Yeah. They used him just, I feel like, just the right amount. Because he mm-hmm. is very much the comic relief. Yeah. But like. I, I think he, it was yes. good too since like Kumal is such a like a name and like a face that you recognize. Like just having him that little bit like worked so well. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. I think it's a testament to this show with with Tala. I think we were saying this last week about Indira Varma and like when she was on another show. I think one of our guests okay. like lost interest as soon as she got killed. Oh, Rachel was saying Rachel, she yeah. kind of Game of Thrones. Yeah, Game when she Thrones, got yeah. when she left Game of yeah, Thrones, her, like her, her her character from the books is like yeah. different. But it's like mm-hmm. it's such a testament that you can have these face like these famous people, Indira Varma, Kumail Nanjiani, and 
they get so lost in what they're doing, but they still have to use them like just enough. Now that you mentioned Tala, I think especially not just these random characters that are is just for the sake of it is because they play a role in the story in with these characters we love, these legacy characters that Leia, like I said last week, it was one of the first losses that Leia experienced. Then my headcanon is that if Leia had a daughter, she would have named Tala, named her Tala because she, she meant named, so much to her. She mm -hmm. meant so much to her. It's a good, it's a, I think it was a good choice, not, oh, just get this character just for the sake of it, but they play a vital role for our characters that we love. I like that. Can I just say, I'm in my 30s and I'm planning my first cosplay and it's Tala. It's just finally like getting any kind of like representation. Like I feel like I can like really like be her. And also she's older too. Like I'm not gonna, I don't want to play like cosplay a 19 year old because I'm obviously I'll do not it. 19. I'm not ashamed. <laughs> 31 wearing Ray cosplay in public. Yes. But like, I don't know. But it's nice to see like also older people in Star Wars too. No, I absolutely agree that like the badassery is not, does not expire when you turn 25 agree last beat of the episode it's both the last beat of this episode the last beat of the episode as a whole narrative payoff has never looked finer than obi-wan kenobi about to ride off into the desert and for qui-gon jinn to appear and to be sassy and to immediately start sassing this kid i say kid he's in his 40s but listen <laughs> I'm crying right now. Like we yeah. knew, just thinking about we this. knew it was gonna happen, but like it was. Did it did we? I have <laughs> to be honest. I felt like punching a friend who told me he was excited. Like yeah, oh, okay. uh, but it was fan service. Like what? The thing is, yes, it is fan yeah. service. But there's fan 100%. service services it, the fans and the story. Exactly. Service just services the fans. Because it would have, if you cut out all of the scenes of him, like, trying to get Qui-Gon to talk to him and this final beat, the show would still work. There would be oh, nothing yeah. that would take away from the story if you cut those moments out. But it's fan service that then just makes the actual story a little bit better by exactly. having it in. But also... Uh, but and I was the fan and I was service. No, no, no. I'm <laughs> saying myself, but the way that a lot of people uses that term is, like, yeah. it was just place there just for the sake of it it's and just like they call every female character yeah. they don't like a mary sue it's just it's just a placeholder but yeah. we also have to remember that it was mentioned all the way in revenge of the sith yes yeah yoda said hey i'm talking to qui Jen. you want to talk to him too but the thing is like so we have all been i think every single one of us have been burned before by expecting some kind of payoff and for just to be completely disregarded like whatever that payoff might be so like, especially in Star Wars. So for them to set up Obi-Wan trying to talk to Qui-Gon, I thought, like, they're doing a good job with the story. I'd be very surprised if he didn't show up. There's a little part of me going, he might just not show up. And they I, might be like, that's for season two. Like, it's just because so. Liam, like, already signed up to do, like, even just voice acting. He decided to come back to Star Wars after all these years. The last thing he did was, I believe, the Clone Wars. But when they're still... on, what's that planet they're on? But he kind of pulled the Andrew Garfield thing because he said, oh, I'll come back for a movie or something like that. But like, I'm glad he did. And like, it makes sense that he did. Yeah. And all the pieces are there. I'm just saying I didn't think it was 100% guaranteed because I've had the rug pulled out. You didn't me. want your heart broken. Mm -hmm. I didn't want my heart broken. I didn't want to get my hopes up because like, this was what I wanted was like, 
I would have happily taken six hours of Obi-Wan sitting in his cave crying, like, <laughs> and then oh, Qui-Gon shows up once in a while. And I'm like, I would have been, I would have been fine with it. But yes, Qui-Gon Jinn showing up and Jedi's, what's the line? Not when you want them, when you need them. When you need them. Yes. I think Maggie wrote an article about that. Not, I think. I, I did. Know. I love the article. I'm like, you read it. You know. Yeah. It's a fact. It'll it be down excellent. in the show notes. You should all yeah. check it out. Yeah. And one thing that I was rewatching the episode and I noticed as well is that the last shot that we have from Vader is talking to his master. Insert my Poe po Mimi. Somehow Palpatine appeared, but in some <laughs> way it made sense to his relationship with Obi-Wan because Obi-Wan went back to his master. Right. And with we really see like so Vader being we see like, Vader? Yeah, Vader. In like, the web of lies, yes. Completely. I guess like these 10 years he's been like, where's Kenobi? And now he's like, okay, I'm going to move on. And we hear the Imperial March for the first time. Yes. In the whole series. And everyone was like, where's the Imperial March? As Natalie Holt says, Deborah wanted to save it for the beginning, uh, for the end, when Vader is truly committed to the Empire. Mm -hmm. And it works so freaking well. And it explains why Kenobi was able to survive until yeah. The, yeah. the new trilogy. Because, like, he was not going to let him go. And then all of a sudden, you're used to seeing Vader scare the crap out of everybody, but Palpatine just says a few very calm words. And all of a sudden, he's like, Kenobi, who? What? No, I'm not. <laughs> I'm over it. Oh, oh. I don't care. Oh, and yeah, and yeah, in new in a new hope, Tarkin says like, "Oh, I thought he would have died years ago." So they knew he survived the Clone Wars and Order sixty six. They just didn't know like what happened to him oh, afterwards. So again, works so well. All right, as we bring this to a close, as we wind down both this episode and the series as a whole, final thoughts: Do we want a season two? Yes. Other than our Annaline Caldwell bodice ripper. 100%. 100%. But also, I really miss Padme Abadala. And I'm just, I need to just say that to get that off my chest. <laughs> oh, I don't well. even know how she could come back. I don't care. I just, somehow. I miss her. I miss her. She's like, I learned how to be a force ghost, even though I don't have the force. <laughs> There's an incursion from the multiverse, and then Mighty Roar appears, and I'll. Sorry, just kidding. Oh, I was okay. So I had a headcanon that I told Arzu about while we were at the theater the other day about how I really just desperately want like it. I know it's not going to ever happen, but like in a Thor movie where like Mighty Thor is just like, like chilling, like just like strolling down a planet and she just sees Hayden Christensen playing this random character, whatever. And she just does a double take and is like, I think I know you from somewhere. <laughs> Hayden's yeah. such a tender person. I would be afraid of what would happen to him. <laughs> First fans are mean enough. We must I protect this man. We that. must protect He's... this man. It, I just want them back together. It, I just if anybody it's wants to cameo. look me in the eye after episode six with the range of emotion playing on like one quarter of Hayden Christensen's face with all of it conveying there. Under the, yeah, under the prosthetic, under the helmet, and they want to look me in the eye and tell me this man is a bad actor, I'd be like, go get your eyes checked. That's the difference of having a director, like an actor, director, like Deborah mm -hmm. Shaw. 
any more final thoughts? Just that I mentioned Deborah Shaw. I really, I don't know if I can find enough words to praise what she did, especially it wasn't a, uh, it wasn't a, a easy challenge, but she did a great job and I would definitely love to see more Star Wars with her at the end. I think it also shows give it to more diverse people and maybe have yes. women do more because honestly, my favorite stuff has been by Deborah and Bryce. I will say though, I was wrong about Joby. I had no faith. He didn't do a bad job. The writer. Oh yeah. Yeah. Although they yeah. did keep my Iranian guys story credit, which means they kept some yeah. of the stuff and I'm willing to think that because he got fired, not fired, he got Let replaced go. because his stuff was too sad that all the really sad stuff came from his story treatment. Which makes me wonder what the original treatment looked like. Oh, I'm yeah. so pain curious. Grim. Suffering? More pain? Just all pain and suffering. It just it was uh, that sobbing. him being in a cave yeah. sobbing for six hours. Sobbing for six said. hours. Which is what I want. <laughs> and just flashbacks. I would have just said the flashbacks. All of them. Can we just say that Star Wars got us with like, oh, here's a, the logos and sand. Here's a sand castle at Disneyland. Here's sand this and sand on the poster with Tatooine. And then the and trailer drops and there's a few scenes. Yeah. yeah. It's amazing. And yeah, I'm just saying Hayden and Eon like had a blast. They seem like they had a great, great time. Nice they seem like they want to do it again. I'm just saying live action Star Wars what ifs. Yes, please. Take my money. Give me a story. What if Obi-Wan, no, if Satine has said the word and Obi-Wan has the Jedi? What if if Obi-Wan and Anakin, like, are taking the twins out for a vacation while Padme is doing some, like, senator or she's, like, chancellor of everything? And Ooh, Chancellor Padme. Yeah, Chancellor Padme. She would fix everything. Yeah. What if, here's my Star Wars what if, because as of the day of recording, this is going around Twitter. Like, what are your top four what ifs? Here's mine. What if they threw Palpatine down a shaft a lot earlier? Like, episode yes. Oh, yeah. What then? And he didn't come back. Yeah, <laughs> he stays down the shaft. No pickles, no, no somehows. Just <laughs> what yeah. if Mace <laughs> didn't pull back to talk to Anakin, Drama Queen yeah. Skywalker, and killed Palpatine first? Yeah, what if what Anakin if, didn't what go? What if Anakin didn't, yes. What if he did not go? What if he just went back to his apartment to his pregnant wife and calmed down? He was like, hey man, I had a weird day today. Yeah, <laughs> yeah what if Maul wasn't so freaking dramatic and just told everyone that Palpatine was Dark Sidious? If, what yes. if X wasn't so dramatic was a thing, Star Wars wouldn't exist. It thrives on drama queens. Especially exactly, the Sith yeah. drama queens. But I'm like, mm. Maul during the freaking arc, like, Siege of Mandalore. I'm like, tell her, even though I know he can't. I'm like, stop being like, oh, are you going to join me or not, Ahsoka? Just tell her. I On that, that note, that. I'm going to bring things to a close. And I'm going to ask Candace, where can everyone find you online? You can find me at Candace the Geek on Twitter. And make sure to follow our YouTube. YouTube <laughs> dot com slash c slash the geeky waffle and maggie you can find me on twitter at maggie of the town and i have a link to in my bio to all of my various pursuits norhal you can all find me on twitter link tree on my bio you can find me on instagram and norhal music as well Brit. 
On Twitter, I am at Britt Barnum, and it is the same for my Instagram, and I am at Britt Barnum Photography on Instagram as well. And Krista? I am on Twitter at Krista Geeks Out. As for me, you can find me on Twitter at newly Verified as of today. Use my power very irresponsibly. So all the Space Waffles updates will be there. You can find us as a network on Twitter at Geeky underscore Waffle. We are the Geeky Waffle on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, as Candace mentioned. We are also on Patreon, patreon.com slash Geeky Waffle. That's where you can subscribe to hear things like our absolutely unhinged Waffles After Dark, if you liked the hints of it that you got today. So thank you all so much for listening. I can't believe Kenobi is over, but I love what we got and may the waffles be with you.